big debates, unpopular opinions, and a whole lot more. Oh yeah, it's the Once Around Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I'm Cam and today I'm joined by the entire crew of Ben, Ed, Kai and Luke as we aim to reflect on an entertaining goal of at Pride Park as the Rams welcome Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough for their second home game of the season. Luke, Another point in the right direction in what on paper was probably Derby's toughest game so far. A fair result or should we have taken more from the game? I would take a draw personally. I, I, I think the draw is a fair result. Some people could say we deserve to win. Some people could say maybe Middlesbrough could have nicked it because they did have a few chances. I.e. they hit the bar and Kelly Roos did provide us with some good saves. But I think both teams in a sense, in a sense would see this as one point gained and not two points dropped. There was no real quality in the game. It was just a, a fight, a free-for-all fight, in my opinion, like a game of like toughness. And I think we just both equally battled throughout the game. And I think it justified by the lack of quality as it being nil-nil that no one could find the net. I'll 100% take a point against Middlesbrough, point on the tape, point on the board, and it just it will keep us afloat if we do get a point deduction that we won't hit the zero bracket and we won't go into the minuses. And I think just picking up the small points here and there is better than just losing it, obviously. But that I just think a point, take it, fair result. Kai, there was just a one change from the team that beat Hull in midweek for Scythe in for Buchanan. How encouraged are you by back-to-back clean sheets since the addition of Jagielka? Do you think that Rooney's emphasis this season is be difficult to beat? Yeah, I think it's... Um probably the best signing we've got so far. Obviously, his age is against him, 39. So I can't see him staying any longer than this season. Obviously, he's only on a short-term contract until January at the moment. But hopefully, with the embargo being lifted in the next couple of days, potentially, that will be extended out. But Davis is a lot more confident alongside him. Obviously, Matt Clark is a good defender, but his youth doesn't help him. Sometimes he would make the odd mistake, especially last season when... It, it, everything was seemingly seemingly against us, but when you're playing a team like Middlesbrough, who put launching the ball into the box and you can defend it so well, it points to well, you can't concede really. And if you don't concede, you don't lose games, and that's the most important thing for us right now. So, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I think when you're down there or are expected to be down there, that's probably the most important thing is to be resolute and difficult to defeat. And on that point, Ed, a word for Kellaroos, some fantastic and crucial saves yesterday to justify keeping the likes of Alsop and Marshall out of the team. Are you growing in confidence with our Dutchman between the sticks? Yeah, I'd say so overall. I think there's still that question about ultimately it's only been, I think he's played four games, hasn't he? Allsop's had one. Um, so we've still not really got into the nitty gritty of the season yet. And he's not had, you know, double figures games yet. I think that'll be a good, a good place to look at it. But I think for the first time since he's come in as a first team goalkeeper, I think he's had that that experience in front of him. Like with Keo, um, and was it Keo and Tamori back in 2018-19 when he when he did the howler at Wembley? Um, I don't think any keeper could have been that assured with Keo in front of him. I think especially now looking at uh, Jagielka and Davis and how solid they seem to be, it shows you how erratic Keo was. And it's no wonder that Keller equally was a bit erratic at times. I think even last season, 
I just think we kept chopping and changing with our defence because we kind of had to. Same with the season before. I think finally we've got the right balance of experience in that defence whilst also having like uh, the hopefully the consistency if, if if all stay fit. And I think that'll massively benefit Roos. But we, we've had no doubts about him shot stopping. Um, and he showed that yet again yesterday. But I just think he's now got that experience in front of him, which will help. Yeah, I think Roos has sort of had that unfortunate stick of being a third goalkeeper for much of his career. He's been sent out on loan uh, God knows how many times now for Derby. And even though 2018-19, he did start to break through, it always did feel like he was the second goalkeeper still. And it was only replacing Carson whilst Carson was out of form. Then obviously we signed Marshall last year. But this is the first season where Ruse is the true number one, I think. And he's so far deserved that that number. I think he just needs to establish himself a little bit more. But that that comes with games. I don't think that's anything that he could have done more. Again, my, my first point, he's played four games. We can't get over, you know, ahead of ourselves. But equally, we can't get on his back if he makes a little mistake because clearly that's what the, the goalkeepers of the last three years for us have, have done and suddenly they're out of the team. So we, we need to get, get behind him. And I think the fans are really getting behind him, especially when we're at home. So hopefully he can get, get on with it and, and st- stick that number one on his jersey. I don't think it's key to note though as well, the fact that Shea Givens left the club and... I think that his ability in the air has actually improved since that's happened. I don't know if it's got anything to do with that, but it's a bit of a, one of those things where is it just a correlation or just a coincidence? I think the most encouraging thing is um, what we really didn't have last season is a really strong spine of the team. And I think that that's really what you need to stay in the division. We have now right through the middle, um, some very key players and staying with that point, Ben, Graham Shinney and Max Bird have been solid so far. Do you think a fit Bielik can justifiably come back into the team straight away? Because they're almost making us forget about arguably our best player. Not only Christian Bielik, but also Jason Knight. Um, I mean, unless we're wanting to play Knight on the wing, where I feel he is a little less effective because he, he can't really... He's not as good of a crosser as maybe a Sibley or someone like that. They're wonderful to watch together and both of their qualities complement each other very well. I mean, Max Bird, he loves an interception, doesn't he? He will put himself in front of any forward ball and most of the time he gets there. So, But Graham Shinney, I've, I've got a few stats. You know, I love my stats. Um, Graham Shinney, for a five-foot-seven uh, midfielder he won three aerial duels which you know fair fair play to him he's he's really putting a shift in for the team and I think it's fair to say that him and Jagielka are really our best players at the moment just in terms of keeping us afloat keeping us at the level we need to be at to survive this apparently a horrendous season but I'm not seeing where all the worries coming from on the pitch. We're doing all right. Lower mid-table, come to me. In my opinion, I think what will keep us up, if we stay up, what will keep us up is the fight and the determination a lot of our players have. So you see Shinny, he would fight for every ball. He would dive into tackles. And you saw 80th minute, 85th minute, he was struggling and he was breathless. And that's what you want from your players because it shows he put a shift and you got Jaggy Elk putting his body on the line. All these players putting their body on the line, going in for tackles, and I think that fight and that spirit will keep us up. 
Because it's okay having all this talent, but if your talent doesn't work hard, you're going to get beaten. I always say hard work beats talent, and I'll stand by that all this season. I think that hard work will keep us up, honestly. Nick Pezu, one of the most frustrating players in this division, was getting frustrated by Shinny and Jagielka, how much they were on him, how tightly they were marking him. Um, yeah. I just think, I don't know if you... You didn't really answer Cam's question completely about Bielik. I think there's still quite a few months until Bielik's back fully anyway. So it's all right to say now after four games that Shinny and Bird are unbelievable together and whatever, but their form could easily dip, especially Bird being as young as he is. He could easily have a rough patch where Bielik will look like the better option. So it's far too early to tell about it will be like, but you have to say when Bielik came into the team last year, it doesn't matter who was in that place already. Bielik was going to overtake him because he is easily the best player at our football team. Ultimately, for me as well, sorry, sorry, Ben, I believe it's who we play against will have a massive factor against who is more suited, if that makes sense, because if you have a lot of the ball, you might want a Max Bielik, who's probably, he's good on the ball and he can spray it around quite quickly. I say quickly. Um, but if we're under pressure and we've got teams running at us, you probably want a Bielik in there who's more likely to put a tackle and put his body on the line. Well, I think Bielik can do both of that. Whereas I'm not saying... Bird is, I, I understand the argument, but Christian Bielik is easily the best footballer we've got. He has the, the, the range of everything. And if you... I remember when we Bielik first came, broke through the side in 2018-19, here alongside Shinny was near enough unbeatable as a midfield partnership. And obviously it is nice to see that Max Bird and Shinny are doing well together, but we should not forget the fact that we've got Christian Bielik waiting in the wings, ready to come back. You've got to account for the two ACLs though. Will he be the same player coming into that side? You know, will he not dive into tackles as much? Will he be a little more conservative for his runs. Be a bit more conservative around the edges of Pride Park Stadium. (laughs) Oh, God. But the the reason I didn't answer the question is because Bielik just slipped my mind. This midfield is so good at the moment that the likes of Bielik and Knight, they're they're afterthoughts, really. And it's it's good that we're able to say that. This is a positive of this football club and something that really we've been looking for for a very long time since the likes of Bryson and Johnson to have that sort of proper working man's midfield. I think if you are going to do your ACL twice as well, Derby County is probably a good club to do it at because you have the likes of Forsyth who can, you know, offer words of encouragement and our physio staff have definitely <laughs> dealt with those injuries um, several times. So we do have experience with that. Even the new medical staff <laughs> will have experience with that, uh, unfortunately. So um, I'm going to put you on the, the spot a bit, Luke, before um, we move forward to Sheffield United because you didn't appear on our most recent podcast and Josviak probably had uh, one of our best games for a while. And apparently you gave him a scathing review in the, in the, um, in the podcast prior, which I actually wasn't on. So tell me about the, talk to me about the last two performances. I think Camille probably has made us forget about our captain, shall I say, and, and to put in some solid performances. Are you still as doubtful about Tim as you were this time last week? Uh, well, I can't really talk about the Hall because I've only seen the highlights. I was busy and I couldn't watch the game. 
So, but I heard lots of good things about Hall, and I am I, I do want to be proven wrong. So I'm glad he has proved me wrong the last two games. And there's still little bits of his game which do frustrate me. I do think he needs to be more physical. And I think he does need to learn to release the ball sooner. Sometimes I do believe he drags on to it a bit, holds on to it a bit too more, too long, sorry. But he has proved me wrong and I am trying to justify my decision by what I said last week. And I can't really do it because I think the last two games, well, he played well against Middlesbrough. What I heard against Hall was really good. So he has proved me wrong. And I've at my words, essentially, and I'm lost for words now. In your defence, I've been proved wrong so far touch every piece of wood by Keller Ruse um, who I think is probably our third best keeper at the club but has been terrific so far this season so credit to you Keller and hopefully uh, long may that continue but let's turn our attention now towards Sheffield United at Bramall Lane in the second round of the Carabao Cup this week Rooney mentioned that there's likely going to be a similar team to the one that knocked out Salford in the first round of the Cup with a very young side Ed with Forrest on the horizon I think most fans will probably agree if Rooney does do that but um Sticking with Forrest being on the horizon, how important is this game? Important to continue momentum or do we not really care? I think we shouldn't not care about any game this season, really, or any season for that matter. But I, I get I get what you're asking. I think it, it's, it's definitely worth changing the whole team because, well, not the whole team, you know, if he, if he wants to get Keller... Minute. I don't think he'll keep Keller in goal. I think Ryan Allsop will most likely come in. But I think it's worth giving the youngsters that have been sort of stand, standing by on the benches some more minutes as well. Because if we do have to rely on them because of a failed takeover or because of a points deduction, embargo, all of that, then they ought to get minutes and match sharpness. So I, I think we might see some, some youngsters coming in. I think this Sheffield United team, as we all know, are very weak at the moment and I think it's a very interesting match to have especially for it being a cup match if it was in the league I'd feel it would be a lot more high pressure because ultimately they've got a point to prove you know they need they need to get this this these losses off their backs but they could be vulnerable on Tuesday they, they, they've lost the last three well they've lost three out of the last four games haven't they And and they should be right up there so I don't see why we can't attack them and I'm sure Rooney will think the same but I do think that there's got to be a balance between, you know, getting the wins. Because I know he said he wanted the cup run as well. There's got to be a balance between getting the wins and also thinking about the weekend. I think Lawrence, I think, will probably be on the bench. I don't think he'll even risk bringing him back in too soon. Um, Festy might play. I think Festy could come back in because I know that um, it, it was only a, it was only a knock, wasn't it? So he might come back in and get some more minutes. But overall, it, it's it's a bit of a free hit, really. I, I think that's the main point to make out of it. And if we lose, we lose. If we win into the next round of the Cup and got some good momentum going into the Forest game. This is more of an open question to uh, you four. But what would you do with our centre-back partnership? Because for me, I think Davis and Jagiel could probably will struggle to play Saturday, <clears throat> Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So how would you, go, how would you pair up your centre-backs? Because against Salford, we are was it um, Forsyth and Sherman? No, 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 Brown can't play. Jordan, Jordan Brown. Brown. Jordan Brown. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'd probably go Jordan Brown and Richard Stearman. 
If you if you look into Russ Davis and Jagielka, I would not play Jagielka. I think he's too key for Saturday uh, for Saturday's game anyway. So yeah, Stearman will be coming in. I expect, and whether Davis is dropped to Brown, maybe then. But it's hard to tell at the moment because it is an important game in the sense that we need to probably keep up this momentum. But it won't be the end of the world if we do lose. Sheffield United, it's their first game for a couple of weeks since the last cup game where they've got no pressure on to get a result, which might spur them on a little bit more. But I think the main thing will be on Tuesday night is just not getting any injuries, regardless of the result. If we come out with 11 men still fighting fit, then that is that's the best, best result really for us. In order to counteract their uh, three, four, Three, I'd pay a three at the back myself, um, and I'd bring cash in into that with Brown. And can't, we can't play cash in though. We can't play cash. No, because that- uh, we've only got the twenty-three man squad, so cash in doesn't have a. I also would not. I I wouldn't go three at the back anyway because we don't use it ever. So why change a whole formation for one game where, if it works terribly, then you could end up getting yourself absolutely smashed. And as much as I said, this game doesn't really matter. You still don't want to lose badly. You don't want to lose it, but I'd say just you stick at the four at the back and you just try and see out a game without any injuries. I think as well as we keep talking about momentum, I think playing the same shape will give you consistency and we'll learn that shape. And the more you learn your own shape and your own style, the more difficult you come to beat. Because if we know what we're good, if we know how to play our game, how to keep our shape, ultimately, Forest. I don't want to say it, but Forest will struggle if we keep if we keep this consistency, momentum, and keep our shape because it's a good structure we've got. And although Middlesbrough did get in behind us a lot, um, they they didn't score, did they? And it, I think it's credit a lot to our um, our defence and our midfield. I, I think also as well one thing we haven't done. I'd want to say for the last three seasons, we haven't imprinted our game on other on other teams. I think a lot of other teams have, we, we've tried to adapt to how other teams play and we're trying to counteract that. And that's just, I think that's overcomplicated. You can do that when you're battling for survival like we did last season. That's kind of how we have to play, especially with an inexperienced manager coming in, an experienced coaching staff. But we're at a point now where we've got to think about our own team identity and our own shape, our own style of play. And we've got, it was, I think it was Luke's point earlier about the midfield and, and kind of whether we need to bring Bielik in or whatever. And in my opinion, you move Shinny and Bird when they need to be moved because they're out of form. You keep those three and you keep the style of play exactly how it is and let other teams adapt to us. Because at the minute, that's how they're playing. They're playing as though other teams need to worry about them. Whereas we've been worried far too much about the opposition past few years. So I think it's about time that we we really knuckle down and see how far we can get with, with teams needing to adapt to us as well. I think we're quite lucky in the fact that obviously it is a massive hindrance, but the fact that Rooney's only got 23 players to pick and choose from is quite useful for us because it means that we can't go and do these sort of experimental games where you start changing the whole squad around like we did under Lampard. I mean, that Villa game lives long in the memory, I think, for most Derby fans where he changed near enough the entire team and went end up getting battered 4-0. So the fact that he's only got 23 to choose from, he can understand, he can basically teach and learn with his players. And that's how you, you stick with those same systems and they'll 
progress throughout the season with that system. So if you need to bring Jordan Brown in later on in the season, he'll know what to do. So I think that's be the best situation now. Do you start Stratton or Bulldog? I'd start Stratton because I think Bulldog's too important for Saturday. And it's it's a matter of keeping players fit. And as good as Stratton was against Peterborough, Bulldog's the main man now. So we can't risk another injury and having to bring in another player. It did look like he limped off a little bit yesterday. Either he pulled something or just had I a think bit it was, of knock. I think it was cramp it was by the end of the game. Obviously, he didn't play much football over the summer. He got 45 minutes for us here and there. And then he had, what, two games out before he came back into the side at Derby. So it's going to happen. But I mean, I expect by after the international break for him to be fully fit and raring to go. And raring we need him. For sure. I think the most important thing really from the game is what Rooney um, said in his post-match yesterday. And that's just the importance of this game really now and and most cup games is for the younger players to get minutes because we are going to need them this season and they need to grow their confidence in in men's football. And hopefully Salford was a big step forward for that, um, for many of those younger players and for um, the likes of maybe players you, you would, who you would anticipate to be in the first team but maybe are moving towards match fitness I wouldn't be surprised if for example Lee Buchanan got a few minutes um, against Sheffield United as well and other players that are going to be very important for us that just need that fitness so I fully expect um, wholesale changes uh, but two players that will definitely be needed moving forward we will finish with our predictions I don't think any of us are massively um, bothered ahead of this game but we will predict as we always do Um and we will start with Luke. What do you think will happen um, at Bramall Lane? Um, it's a tough one to call because you don't know what side we're going to put out. You don't know what side they're going to put out because you look at their strike force, you look at the players they've got, they've got lethal players. Even in the cup, these should be going quite far in the cup because they've got a Premier League, they've got a Premier League attack. They've got some Premier League players in there. Uh, is it Brewster, McBurney? That's probably what I think they spent 50 million on those. They've got Sharp as well. Oh my God. Goes under the radar. Uh, Right, that's one golf, Sheffield. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him not score against us. Um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to say 2 1 Derby, Billy Sharp score for Sheffield United, and then a straight embrace for Derby. Kai? I think it's going to be a game between two fairly inexperienced squads. So I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'll go Jaden Bogle to score for them just because he's, I don't think he starts many games now for Sheffield United and Matt Slow's off to Swansea as it seems. So I'll go Jaden Bogle to get the opener and then we'll return with Jack Stratton goal and then we'll win 5-3. I think you can win 5-3 on penalties, can't you? Yeah, 5-3 on penalties. It's a bit of a bold shout, but we still have Ben's prediction to come. Ed, um, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to go really pessimistic and just say I think they'll find their rhythm again. And I think they'll use this as a free hit. We've got an experience. Salford game kind of showed that and they were only a League Two, um, a League Two club. I think we'll lose 3-1. I think it'll be comprehensive, but again, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um I'd, I'd like to see Stratton on the score sheet and I think, you know, McGoldrick, Sharp and 
don't know, John Fleck will get a free kick or something. Um, I just see it happening, but also I don't see that as the end of the world. I said at the weekend, if we lost to Borough, as long as we played well, I, I wouldn't be too, too disappointed and we've come away with the draw. So hopefully they prove me wrong and hopefully we can continue with at least a performance momentum going into the week. Ben, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think there is going to be a 2-0 loss, a Brewster brace. I I just think it's going to be individual errors that let us down as they so often do. Um, I was a bit worried by Dylan Williams against Salford. He, he just, he'd seemed he seemed great going forward, just defensively a bit lackluster, but, and that's nothing against his ability. It's just where he is at the moment in his development. So I, I think it will be a good game. Nevertheless, it will be good to see Louis Watson pinging balls left, white, white and centre. Um, yeah. So anything, anything better than that will make me smile. I think we will also draw 1-1 and for the first time in a long time, lose on penalties. Uh, and I think that Dylan Williams will score because for some reason, Ben clearly has an agenda against him. So I'll come to the defence of the 17-year-old and I think he will score um, on the overlap and Sheffield United will equalise through Ollie McBurney off the bench. And that will make me very mad because I think he is ridiculously poor. Um, but I think Sheffield United will go through on penalties. But most of our attention will be turned to next weekend, I'm sure. So thank you for listening to the Once Around podcast. Remember to check us out on Twitter at Once Around Podcast. We will be back later this week for a full preview of the East Midlands derby and hopefully another cup win. Until then, we're still laughing Nottingham up the Rams. (laughs) 